You are now listening to the Superhero Education Podcast, featuring Professor Eugene Pitchford and Dr. Steve Gurner. We are real educators tackling the real topics in education. Listen to be informed, inspired, and entertained. With no further ado, here are your hosts to the Superhero Educators Podcast. We want to welcome everyone to the latest episode of the Superhero Education Podcast. My name is Eugene Pitchford, and we have Steve Garner here, and we're fired up today. You all have been patient with us, and we have, a, we have some exciting, exciting stuff for you today. But even before we get to the stuff, Steve, we've had a pretty busy week this week. Like, we've been working hard. Like, when you don't hear a podcast from us, please understand we're doing some work behind the scenes. And I'm going to let Steven share some of that work for those of you that don't follow us on social media or those that don't know us personally. Steve, go ahead and, 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 and share our, our extraordinary day yesterday. Sure. There's a lot going on. Actually, this whole month with what's happening in our, in our country and, and the conversations on race, racism, social justice, urban classrooms. We're really busy with lots of work, lots of resources, lots of materials, lots of presentations, lots of work around, around those topics. And we just are really looking at now and getting a lot of calls and a lot of interest in our ideas as experts in urban education. How, how do we feel urban districts were located in Milwaukee, how, how are urban districts like Milwaukee, what advice do we give to them as they restart the school year, what should they be doing, what should they be thinking about, and we had the opportunity to have three television stations come up and talk to us and gather some information and advice on that's what not, they should do. Time out, that's not good enough, get specific, give them the channels. He's pushing, he's pushing hard tonight, and it's Eugene Pitchford the third, and I would we're on channel fifty eight, channel twelve, and six, and they were great great reporters asking the right questions, asking the tough questions, demanding certain expectations that they should as reporters, and it was a joy to a joy to work with them and and give our opinion. And we're doing it every day, so it's just capturing a glimpse of, of what we're doing every day, and hopefully some of our ideas will be followed in Milwaukee and hopefully spread around the country. So that, that was part of this week and other talks and discussions on, on important topics. We also got a slide in tonight. Uh, we just did part two of a race conversation series on triumphs for equality. We hosted it on Zoom, three universities, current students, future students, alumni, faculty, staff, administration. It's a wonderful thing. And I'm not sure if Steve is going to spill the beans. He's looking at me. Y'all can't see it, but he's looking at me. I'm not sure if Steve is going to spill the beans yet for what we want to pull off in the very near future. Is that, is that, is that, is that still the hush, hush thing or not yet? 
No, we don't. We don't let that go yet. Not yet. Okay. Well, no. trust me. Trust me. This this is something for everyone. I'll just leave it at that. I just I'll just leave it at that. Something 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 really 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 good. So, um, we'll, we'll, hopefully that hopefully that uh, gets you fired up. But Steve, we're here today. We got we got a we got a topic to talk about. Um, because whether you're happy or sad, agree or disagree, ready or not, most schools, most school districts or entities is coming up with some form or plan to relaunch the fall 2020 year. And last week, Steve and I were just brainstorming, and we, we just brainstorm in a weird way that's probably different from most people who collaborate. Steve says to me, we have to come up with a plan to help educators, parents, and students. And we got to give it a funky name. It can't be called Go Back to School in the Fall. I didn't say funky, but close. You're right, close. And I was like, Steve, it's called Go Back to School in the Fall. Like, you can't call it something that's not. And then Steve clapped his hands, put them in the air, and said, I got it. Baby powder he, flying in the air. He came up with an acronym, and then we just filled in the rest. So, Steve, I'm turning this over to you. Our acronym is RENEW. And we talk about RENEW with enthusiasm. And we really got talking, it reminded us of a story about shopping, how everyone's always shopping for school supplies beginning of the year, right? Shopping for school supplies is a tell, telltale sign that summer's coming to an end. So we start focusing on a new school year. And think about the memories you have. I have vivid memories, picking out the new erasers, pencils, folders, notebooks. And every time I promise myself this new year, I will do all my assignments. I'll listen to my teacher, just excited to start afresh, right? We have a new beginning. Each year during my elementary and middle schools, I'd put a trapper keeper. Remember the trapper keeper? Yes. Folders. Yes. Great tool. Great hey, tool. I, hey, I'm going to tell you something funny. This don't get us in hot water on air, but what, I'm fired up tonight and I don't care. So if this person gets <laughs> mad at me, they'll get mad at me. So if they identify themselves without me saying their name, that's their problem. The person we were just talking about of how that's kind of stirring the pot, um, that's calling all the shots, that's influencing all of us, that person has a Trapper Keeper, and I've seen it. I, I love the Trapper Keeper. I so saw it. Elementary, middle school years, put the Trapper Keeper, try to sneak it in the cart, with all the other school supplies. Remember the erasers, pencils, you're talking pennies. Five cents, 25 cents. Trapper Keeper probably was about $3.99, might even been $4.99, $5.99. And I said, I need this. And if I get this product, mom, I will ensure I have good grades. And every year my mom would see the price and tell me to put it back and put it back now. And then not having this organizational tool that I guaranteed would produce school excellence did not squelch my enthusiasm for the new school year. I still was excited, just trying to get the Trapper Keeper in there to have an awesome year. The restart and reopening of this school year, you think of fall 2020, 
It'll bring many questions, concerns, and anxiety far beyond what a typical year will hold. But we can still have the same excitement of beginning the new year as every other year. So that's why we can renew with enthusiasm. So renew is that acronym that we'll go through and say, what does that mean for us as educators, school administrators, and parents? So there's three major reopening options for school districts across the country this fall. Eugene, what are the three options for school districts? All right, so most schools are doing some form of the three. Number one, you go back face-to-face -face with some form of social distancing. That is probably closest to what we would call normal in the past. You're going to have to make some adjustments. How are you going to do recess? How are you going to do the yellow bus? Cat, uh, lunch, breakfast, uh, hallway walking, classroom, all that. But class face-to-face -face with social distance. It's number one. Number two, some form of face-to-face -face and some form of online learning. So that's, that's option number two. And option number three is this straight online, no face-to-face -face and no blend. And currently as recording, um, the date of this, uh, as, as of this date, there are districts on record for each of the three. So all three are happening right now. Face-to-face, um, -face, a blend, or straight online. So that's that's what's on the table. And there's pros and cons to each. And as decision makers, they have to work out the details of the return and think about what are the sound educational practices that families must know to promote. You're always looking under those two lenses, academic, the child's academic, and then their behavioral success. And we have five considerations that form a checklist for families and school districts. So remember the word renew, and we have the R is relationships. Wait, let's set that up a little differently, Steve. The R. Oh, all right. Good introduction into that. A little bit more, a little bit more pizzazz to it. Here we go. The R, Steve. Relationships. The E. Expert in communication. The N. Need technology. The E. Emphasis on health. And the W. What's the plan? All right. So those, those statements make up the word renew, and those are the considerations or what we'd call a checklist for families, school districts, and teachers. And so tonight on this podcast, we will talk about relationships. In the following podcast, we'll talk about expert in communication, and we'll continue to go through our list of five and have a series of five podcasts that you can use for your professional development, that you can listen to and gain more knowledge and use as a resource for your school. I like it. Keep going, Steve. I like it. You're on fire tonight, Steve. Keep going. That, that's what I, that's what I want to hear. That's what I want to hear. Let's talk about relationships. So we know high performing teachers, 
build relationships. That's the hallmark of an effective teacher. They can build relationships. And we also know that relationships are essential to the success of students. So as we're talking about that, what else, when we go under the lens of relationships, are we looking for teachers to do? And then what are we looking for parents to do underneath the lens of relationships? All right, so you want to be the teacher or you want to be the parent? Let's start off with, let's start off with myself as being the teacher. Okay, okay. So I think as a teacher, I think it's my responsibility relationships, how I would build a relationship, I would go in and I'd plan this now, I would think about how can I infuse in my curriculum, how can I make my curriculum culturally relevant for my students and families? And that right there will build a strong relationship, or at least be on a good start to building a strong relationship because A, it shows I care, about the students I serve. B, it's current and relevant to everyone's lives right now. And C, families will give you a, a little break here and there if they can trust you and you can have that relationship. So culturally relevant, I think some of the things that come to mind, I would have, I would highlight successful people. I'd highlight heroes. I would talk about how you can be successful too. So if I'm teaching any, any grade, but I'm going to use an example. I'm teaching fourth grade. I will highlight throughout the day and visually successful people, successful African-Americans, successful Latinx, successful Hmong people, leaders. And that way I'm, I'm going to talk about explicitly with students how they can achieve great goals and what they need to do. And what, what that entails is we're gonna work hard in our classrooms. We're gonna work extremely hard, but we're gonna be successful. And I'm gonna educate you on some of the people that you can look up to and that are successful. And they'll go home with these, with this knowledge. And I think they could share that at home and families can continue the conversation. That's one part that I would say would be strong in building relationships. Steve, I wanna ask you a question about relationships. Is there something I keep hearing? And I get that it's difficult, but I think at some point we have to talk about it. So let's, let's talk about it tonight for a minute. Since we are in renew and the R in renew uh, is relationships. There are a lot of teachers terrified that if they have to go to online, the online mode early in the year, they will not have time to build relationships. Someone pointed, pointed this out to me yesterday. When COVID hit, it was like March, April. So the relationships were already established. Is there anything for an educator that has to go into online mid-September? October, having fully formed relationships, I think the way you're, you're talking about, is there any tips like to do, you must do right now when class go back, or you must do if right away if you have to go online? Any, any, anything for that space right there? No. 
I don't believe your answer. <laughs> don't no, do I, that to me. I think it, it will it be a lot harder. Would it be extremely hard to not know your class and then you have to go teach and, and go into online all virtual? Absolutely, that's difficult. But what's the alternative? You have to do it, right? So here's what we're gonna do. We're going to we're gonna we're gonna be stuck if this happens that they do have to go all virtual and you really feel like, wow, I didn't have enough time to, I don't know my students, I don't get to know them. You have to continue the relationships even in a virtual world. So can, can't you do virtually, can't you do the culturally relevant piece I was discussing virtually? Can't you have an activity where you're gonna do some home connection? Talk about the heroes in your family, talk about uh, the heroes in your community, uh, have a parent present on a, on a, or a guardian present or introduce themselves through your classroom. So you still, I, I think it's, it, I think of myself, if I was in that environment, I'd really want to build up the relationship with the students and I'd be very disappointed I could not, but I also would feel there's no, you can't, there's no out, there's no opting out and going, well, I, I am going all virtual. I can't build a relationship this year. You have no choice. So you have to do it. Uh, it's difficult, but I still think there's avenues to do it. So you take that personality and you take your high engagement as a teacher and you do it virtually. Much more difficult, but I think there's some good, uh, I think teachers are really good at creativity and innovation in this space. I agree. I just want you to touch on that because that's something I keep hearing. Um, I think for many, that's their biggest nightmare. Um, building a relationship online and you don't know the kid. And I think you, you do other things. I, you know, you think about what was I doing in a classroom? Well, high praise for students that are doing well. How do I do that in a virtual world? Well, can I do a little can I show a little picture of a reward or a little trophy or a little gold star or you get a special sticker on, on our screen today? Um, put, your, put a guardian or parent on. I want to have a little shout out to you and say how well you did with these reading words today. Um, here's a little message from your teacher. Take, you know, make sure one of your parents or family members sees this. So I think there's ways to do it that you can build up the trust and, and build up the cultural competence piece. Uh, it's not as good as face-to-face -face or, as, or as easily done, but I think teachers are doing it. I think they'll find really positive ways to do it. And, and, and the funny thing is they don't have a choice. They have to if they no want to be successful. Like it's, it's, even with the easiest option, and, and, I, and I'm saying easily in air quotes, the easiest option, and I think the option most people will probably prefer is face-to-face, -face, right? But with the madness that's been going on since March, mid-March, to come into your classroom in September, relationships has to be at the top of the list. What are you looking for as a family? If I'm the educator, you're the parent, what are you looking for okay, as a parent? And then so, what can you do as a parent? Okay, so I'm, I'm looking for, I'm, look, I'm taking the word relationship literally. As a parent, the relationship I have with my child being the student, I have to manage that. I have to know if the transition to 
teaching during the COVID time was rough on my child or not. I have to uh, know if they're having anxiety about going back to school. Um, I have to know if there's anxiety about dealing with certain teachers. So I'm going to have, I'm going to bunker down and have a different type of relationship with my child as a parent to help ensure success on their side. And at the same time, I have to have that same relationship with my child's teacher. And I know we're going to get into communication on the next show, but I have to have that same relationship with, relationship with my child's teacher and the school. And so we're stuck. We're, t we're, we're, we're um, you know, we're, we're glued to the hip and I must share as a parent my concerns, my child's concerns. Uh, when the teacher's talking about their concerns, I got to share that with my child. It's just basically the relationship that a teacher should have times like 12. Um, it's the only what way. Parents do think of the same situation. Parents are going to be going, I'm dropping off my child. Now I'm going virtually. What does the parent need to do to ensure the success of their child as that switch is going on? How do they build the relationship virtually? Uh, emails, texts, call, don't be afraid. Like if, if you see your child, you said, you said virtually, right, for this part. You said virtually. Yes. If you see your child just chilling all day, like you got to question that. Um, part of that, and, and the R and the E go together, but I'll just say it with this one, for the relationship, part of that is just knowing what's going on and, and uh, knowing what the assignments look like, what's the process for completing the assignment, the frequency of the assignments, when kids need to log on versus when they don't need to be logged on. Um, uh, that's, that's part of the relationship. And I also have here, there's going to be some ups and downs. And the reason why there's going to be ups and downs is because this is not the typical setting for the relationship. This is not the typical platform for a typical uh, parent, student, teacher relationship. We're all thrown into this curveball to a degree or like there's this cloud over our head that we hope can go away, but it may not go away and it may get better and it may get worse. So there's just a lot of un uncertainty and which causes a lot of ups and downs. And there's gonna be some misunderstandings. There's gonna be some miscommunications, but we go we're gonna have to have grace here and, 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 and understanding. And that's a different part of relationship because sometimes as educators, we're pretty strict. This has to be done. It has to be done by this time. And if it's not done by this time, then it's late and your grade goes down. And there, there's so many things that are altered from our typical stance as educators. And it's not to say to have low expectations or no expectations. It's just working in the space that we are in. Um, it's definitely gonna take a the, the word I keep thinking about is humility. As a teacher, there's some humility to say, I'm assisting parents. So I'm not the primary educator, the parents are. The parents know everything about their child more than a teacher, even though the teacher spends a tremendous time, maybe even more some days than they, they see the child more than the, the parents or guardians. However, 
the parents and guardians are still the primary educators. And I think the humility as a teacher to say, I'm going to ask, I'm going to partner, I need help from the parent, how can you assist? And then humility on the parent's side to say, the teachers are working incredibly hard. They, they love your child and they want them to be successful. Therefore, you're gonna to have to put in time on the reading. You're gonna to have to assist when you're, when you're tired and exhausted, when make sure maybe sign a assignment book or check over some of their work. So I think the humility on both sides goes a long ways to building a relationship. And there's always, like any situation of a, it could be a boss, an employee, employee versus a manager, parent versus a teacher, there's always like a divide. And I think the break the divide, the relationship, how do you build trust on both sides so the parent feels confident that the teacher's doing what the teacher needs to and the teacher feels like the parent's supportive. If you can build that up, it is very special and very helpful for the child, obviously. You know, I'm thinking strategic and I'm thinking the, the long range game. Any teacher that's, that's successful in building a positive classroom environment in the fall of 2020, whether it's face-to-face, -face, a blend, or online, it will reap rewards down the road. Because there's so many people that's going to struggle with relationships. There's so many. I it mean, rewards you just, immediately. It rewards immediately, but it sets you up for the long term. It gives you a, it gives you a long term path that many won't have or will struggle to get there. Um, and that's just to your advantage. It's it's weird. I think it's weird for me and you to talk about relationships because it's supernatural. And we have, and I tell you this all the time, we have to remember that some people, it may be harder. And, and for those individuals, if you could get this part right, it'll make everything else a lot easier. I'm not saying it's going to be simple, but it, and we know it's tedious to log into Zoom or the Microsoft Teams or the Google Classrooms and it's Wi-Fi connections or people aren't there or, you know, things kids would normally get. All of a sudden, they don't know. But if you can pull off the relationship piece, you will definitely be able to get to the academic piece. Um, and for me, it was always a motivation piece. So in school, I wasn't a great student. So I always would rebel against it because I'd go, well, this is boring. Or there's worksheets that we were throwing out to every, when I was in school, lots and lots of worksheets. So you could understand you have a book, a workbook. You match up the bold letter words, you do some underlining, you do some crossing, matching. Um, didn't really like it because I was bored a lot of times. And the teachers that got through were the ones that could motivate, that would care about you. Maybe they'd talk about baseball with me. Maybe they would get to make a joke. Maybe they would highlight why I have to do the work. But naturally, I don't think I'll, there's not a great portion, maybe there maybe there are, I don't think there's a great portion of students, arguably, that are motivated to naturally just want to put in hard work. And I think that's where the teacher comes in. 
if we were, students could pretty much go without a teacher, right? They could be by themselves and they would just be excited to work hard and learn and, and decode words and, and comprehend. I think it takes a, an outstanding teacher, and that's why teachers are so valued and, and so important, is it takes that high-performing teacher to motivate someone to go, I have little Eugene in class. He doesn't feel like doing any of this work. Regardless if he's at home, in the classroom, wherever, he doesn't feel like doing it. So how do I get inside Eugene's head but let, let me to have, motivate let me, him to learn? And then I have, have 28 little other little Eugenes that are totally different, and I have to motivate each and every one of them. That's that, extremely hard work. That, that's why the power of relationships is so strong, because, because this is something I know you've heard it, and I've heard it too. And I'm saying this from K-12 all the way to higher ed. One consistent theme throughout COVID-19, and I'm not talking about the students you struggle with, and I'm not talking about the students that, um, and I'm not talking about the students that have behavior, Concerns. Picture your best students. I've heard over and over from kindergarten all the way through college, university level, the best of the best students were unmotivated to do their work during COVID-19. So if it's a challenge for them, it's a challenge for everyone else. If that doesn't stress the power of, re if the need to have a power, the need to have powerful relationships, there's nothing else that Steve or I have said to convince you. We're not talking about the kid that's a thorn in your side. We're not talking about the kid that may not have much family support. We're not talking about the kid with IEP. We're not talking about the kid that's on half day. We're not talking about the kid that want to fight all the time or the kid that never does any work. We're talking about your best students, the best of the best in your room right now, and they're telling you, I'm unmotivated to do work. And the only way you're going to get them to do work, you got to tap into the power of your relationships. And we're not even addressing, which is, is going to be a big concern, is the gap that we have because of ending in March, abruptly going from March to the end of the year. So we're talking March to September, and that's a huge, going to be a huge gap. There was learning going on, but not the rigorous uh, classroom learning that we were ready to go with and we expected. So there's a gap already. So on top of everything else, with all the different newness of I may have to wear a mask, I may have to physically have distance from my friends, I may have to teach differently as a teacher, all those things. And then it's not even what we would consider everything else is the same. We have a gap that we're not even used to academically. And then we have students that haven't had to raise their hand or be in a line or wait for somebody to talk. 
and now we have to reteach all that that we haven't had to do since March. So I uh, got to throw this in there. You just, you just said something critical. We've been talking a lot about if you have to go online. Let's take this back to COVID dies down as of tomorrow. We're face to face. I'm telling you now, because kids have been at home and off, they are going to walk into your classroom, which is a foreign world, and the behavior is going to be off the chain. To offset that, the power of relationships. There's literally no way you can get around this, whether it's face-to-face, -face, whether it's blended, or whether it's online. For people that have struggled with relationships in the past, and I'm not blaming, I'm just calling what it is, I'm, I'm just saying it. For people that have struggled with relationships in the past, I am so no nervous for their classroom in the fall. So we talked about, as a teacher, we could do some culturally relevant work that would build up that relationship with the parent. We can make sure they have our contact information. What else can a teacher do to build up a parent relationship? I would have, and I know this is overboard. I'm having a parent Zoom meeting once a week. And that's whether we're face-to-face -face or not. I'm, I'm doing a parent Zoom meeting once a week because I need them on board. I like that. I like that. So you don't need all full buy-in. So if you don't get all 28, how many students you have in your classroom, you still have six. That's remarkable. You might have parents, think if you even had five parents, 10 parents coming in every week, hearing from the teacher, you have full partnership with those parents and they're learning themselves. They're partnering with you. They're getting excited and their children are growing because of that. I like that one a lot. That, that should be done, you're right, that could be done. And if once a week you feel that's too much, even once a month would be remarkable to do that because it's not been done. Um, I like that, what else? Uh, depending on the, the ethnic background of your students, I'm going to tap into that as a teacher. I'm, I'm flipping back and forth between teacher and parent, but as a teacher, I'm going to tap into the ethnic backgrounds of the students and use their experiences in lessons. That's another way, relationship, and that's another way of motivating students to do work. You like that one, right, Steve? I like all your, your input and suggestions are always top-notch. I appreciate that. Always. Um, as a parent, I got you. As a parent, actually looked kind of funny when you did that. But uh, as a as a parent, stop it, stop it. Stop. As a as, as a parent, I'm gonna keep a running tab of things I'm noticing with my child, and I'm gonna share that more readily with the teacher. I may have noticed it face to face, and ah, I don't know, but this is the time. I got to go for it. I'm seeing this. Hey, teacher, are you seeing this? Give me an example of that. What are you, what are you talking about? Um, I'm noticing uh, 
my child is being defiant when they do math for homework. And normally I may punish or make my child do the math and not dig into why. But now I'm going to go back to the teacher. You know what? Something is happening. His, his whole attitude changes with math and math homework. Like, what are you seeing at school? You got any tips or tricks I could try at home? Like, how do you say it where Stevie's not upset, but then he's blowing up here? So let's, let's use the same language. Let's use the same terminology. And, and maybe it's happening at school. Maybe it isn't. But, but I'm just going to be a little extra sensitive during this time, and I'm going to make sure Whatever I'm seeing, they're seeing, because we're all in the same team. It's all the same relationship. That's what I like about the value of your Zoom weekly meetings with parents. I like that idea a lot because you're catching all that. You're catching that right when it happens. It's not waiting. We can't say, we can't say as teachers, well, we're online grading now, and then the parent-teacher conference comes in October, so uh, I'll, tell, I'll talk to the parents then for 10 minutes. Uh, because A, that's 10 minutes, and it's October, is B, C, it's not effective because it's too, it's, it's too late, it's not enough time, and you lost all that educational time. So the week you're going to get, if you have the weekly meetings, you'll get right on top of it. So teachers need to communicate that frequently, and then it's parents' responsibility too. Um, I'm not a believer that uh, it's one side. I think it takes the partnership of the parent and, and the students because there's some students that uh, it's going to be extremely hard for teachers as they, as they pull out all the tools they have. The student may still not be at that level that they, they want it to be. So the parents are going to really have to help. They're going to have to motivate. They're going to have to discipline at home. They're going to have to figure out how can I help my my child be successful in the classroom. So it's a, it's a full partnership. And so parents need to also, like you said, notify the teacher if there's things going on. They can't wait two months in and say, well, I have a terrible teacher here and I'm mentioning it in November, something's not right. So it's a responsibility on both sides and that's why I like your idea of the Zoom meeting. That could really address things quickly every week. And, and I think I don't think, I know like COVID-19, whether it's blended, whether it's face-to-face -face, or whether it's online, it just leaves a space, unfortunately. And I'm not saying why it happens, but it just leaves a space that if you don't have a relationship, there literally would be no communication at all. And that's not a, a, a situation that we want. Like we want to keep, we want to keep the all the lines open for communication. But it's so easy to unplug from a school per se, if a person really wanted to. It's a lot easier in the online space, and in the blended space. Um, and sometimes, and, and we all know it happens face to face. But I just think it could be accelerated negatively in in the blended in online. So we. So we gotta, you gotta fight. We we all, and I'm, and I'm, we're not just saying this to you, the listener. Steve and I are also saying this for ourselves in our classrooms. We're gonna have to fight for relationships. Like it's a battle, and I know you can do it. And if you need tips, like rewind this show, play it again. But Steve and myself, 
we have the utmost confidence in you that, that you could do it. Um, and so, so I'm going to go back to the analogy we started to show with the school shopping, getting the school supplies, putting the trapper keeper in the cart. Mom saying, not a chance. I'm not paying that kind of money for a, for a trapper keeper. It was the first year in college when I finally gave up on asking mom for the trapper keeper. Not having a trapper keeper was disappointing, but it really did not diminish my joy at college. The same can be happening for this fall. Same could be said for this fall. School will look different. There definitely will be some disappointments, but remembering renew will greatly assist in the academic and behavioral success of all students. So that's why Eugene and I talk about renew with enthusiasm. And today we talked about relationships, that first R. Next week we'll be talking about expert, or next show expert in communication. Then we're gonna talk about need technology, emphasis on health, and then we'll wrap it up with our five part series, what's the plan? So I feel confident, I feel there'll be some, some disappointments along the way, but we're gonna have an exciting fall. We're gonna be excited about the fall, about the students learning, and we could be enthusiastic about it. All right, so Steve, I gotta get this. So I gotta, I gotta ask you this question before we get out of here. Because everybody's taking bets on this. For schools that start face to face, it's a hot question right here. And I'm not talking university, so, so take, so you, you can't hold our opinions against us. K twelve. Are we full face-to-face -face all year long, or does it get interrupted with blended or online? Uh, it depends, I guess, how they start. I'm, I'm thinking we'll be, not I'm we thinking they'll start already with some blended model. So okay. I, well, let me I'm ask you, let me rephrase it, hold up. It, assuming it's a blended model, do you see a point, and this is a prediction, it could be right or it could be wrong, do you see a point to where it's full online? You know I'll be right on this. Don't, don't say it could be right or wrong. I'll be right on this. We're going to start with blended. We're going to end with blended. I don't see it going all virtual. Not at all? At all. All right. Slim my, possibility. What's your prediction? My prediction. It's wrong. By November 13th, we will be on line. All right, well, we have the two predictions. We have some great talking points on how to build relationships what parents should be looking at and how teachers should react to the, the relationship building. I believe we got some good information there. And we look forward to talking next time about communication. Should be an awesome, should be an awesome show. I, I, I can't, I, I can't, I, I can't, I can't wait for it. Hyped up, excited about it. Parents, we, parents and teachers, Students, we, we really do appreciate you, and we know it's not your fault. 
you know, at the end of the day, you know, we said this when we were being interviewed yesterday. A lot of people are being blamed for this. School administration, school districts, uh, teachers, students, parents. It's not your fault. Like, we're just caught in the spot right now. And as good educators, we're going to do the best that we can under the circumstances that we are in. Because better days are coming. Better days are coming. On that note, we always end with some shout outs. I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go first. I wanna give uh, a shout out to everyone that has purchased the book, Superhero Educator. Please go to Amazon. Please go to Barnes and Noble. Yours truly, myself and Steve Gurner co-wrote that book. It needs to be in your library. It needs to be in the hands of your favorite educational student. Um, give a shout out to the book Gumbo for the Soul, volume three. 54 chapters in it. Yours truly wrote chapter 53. Finally, I want to say to all of you really smart educators, learn from my backwards mistake. Please double save everything that you have. Put it, put it into Google. Put it on a cloud. Don't get cut out here bad and your flash drive breaks and you, then you lose all your work. So shout out to everybody using Google. Shout out to everybody using the clouds. Don't be like me. I got faith in you. Steve, go ahead. You, you could see Eugene right now. He has a little tear rolling down his cheek from Absolutely. all the lost documents and information. It'll be all right. It'll be all right. I would like to shout out to, give a shout out to the Center for Urban Education Ministries. This is a national group that I'm the executive director of that we are relentlessly strengthening urban education across the country. We do it through three focus areas. We do it through recruitment of the next teacher and leader. We do it through resources. And then we also have recognition for the high performing educators, urban educators around our country. So get connected to this national group, the Center for Urban Education Ministries. And we're glad everybody was able to be part of this show and listen. We value you and take us out of here, Eugene. See you next time. See you next week. Uh, Superhero Education Podcast, and we are out. Thanks again for listening to our Superhero Education Podcast. We hope you gained valuable insights and key concepts to battle the chaos and save the day for all students. Boldly transform lives and be a superhero educator.